Hello, and welcome to 5 to 1, a minute-to-minute podcast review of Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League. I'm Harry Slack, and with me as always is my longtime associate, Ben Smolin. Ben, how are you today? Here I am, buddy. Let's do it. Fantastic. Uh, Before we begin, let me tell our new listeners what this podcast is all about. I'm a huge fan of the film Sucker Punch and have a passing familiarity with comic books. Ben has seen the films Force Majeure and Major League. So we decided to combine our skills to put together an in-depth review of Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League. Ben and I have just watched minute 13 of 242 of the Mr. Snyder cut of Justice League, which is not the film's true title, but rather a lighthearted moniker that Ben and I use to save some time here and there. Having watched minute 13, we will now each have two and a half minutes to relay our thoughts and impressions to you, the listener. So as not to waste anyone's time, a resource we all have precious little of, We'll be sticking to the two and a half minute mark very strictly, so please excuse us if we interrupt each other. Beyond the time limits, reviewers may respond to the film in whatever way seems most appropriate given the minute they have just seen. I just want to float out there in passing. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if podcasts are eligible for Peabody nomination, but if our listeners wanted to tweet at the uh, Peabody committee, we could maybe start a little groundswell movement to get this podcast nominated for a Peabody. I think... I think... Peabody's are just for journalism, Harry. This is a journalism of a kind. Uh, Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and start my review. All right, take it away, Harry. Two and a half minutes, go. Um, Yes, so for those who are not watching along, and again, I always encourage you to watch along with us, this minute was the culmination of a conversation between Cal Drogo and Ben Affleck, and they are walking towards the water. I think uh, it is very shocking, a big shocking twist is that at the end of the walk to the water, Cal Drogo takes off his whole shirt. And it's very cold. We're in a very cold land. So I was not expecting him to take off his whole shirt. Uh, But he does. And then he goes. Were you just expecting like part of the shirt to come off? I I was. I figured it's cold. Maybe he would have a wetsuit. Maybe he would have something on. I'm I'm wondering what he, uh, he is doing, but then he takes off his whole shirt and then we see his whole torso. And, um, you know, so just something to look out for. If you're, if you haven't watched the minute yet, be prepared to see a, a full man torso. Um, he says the line, a line that stood out to me here, which excites me, Ben, I'm, I'm excited about Go, this line. Uh, he says a strong man is strongest alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I don't, I don't agree with that sentiment, but I got a feeling Ben, and maybe I'm reading into it. I got a feeling he's going to learn that teamwork actually enhances the strength of the strong man. Sure. Like I think over the course of the film, I'm hoping if this is anything like all the animes that I watch, he's going to learn that the community is stronger than the individual sure. alone. So I'm excited for for his arc. Um, Superman is dead. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to touch on that myself. Great. I mean, I don't have much more to say about that other than that's shocking. You know what? What are we? How will we comfort ourselves now? You know, we we murderers of murderers. You know. Um, mm. Beyond that, uh, something great about this minute was uh, the singing ladies at the end. Some ladies started singing. They Absolutely. were not wet, so we had a wet man <laughs> and singing unidentified ladies. A nice little subversion of gender norms, which I'm excited to see how that progresses throughout the. Film. Um, yeah, nice to nice. I don't think as a community again, I'm, I'm fascinated by this town and what they do. And they're just comfortable just being out in public singing together. 
I don't have that in my life and I sort of wish I did. I know partially that's because of the pandemic, but mm-hmm. it's also even before the pandemic, like, I don't know, I would never sort of Harry, go Harry, to the edge Harry, of the wall. Harry, Harry, I'm going to have to cut you off there. Ben, you can go ahead and take it away. Yeah. So minute 13 is actually I found to be a pretty important minute um, mm-hmm. because, like you said, Batman mentions that Superman is dead. So that took me to the prologue. And so I did a little digging and I know you and I, we hadn't seen Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So I I looked into the plot of Batman versus Superman after I watched this minute. And apparently um, it ends with Luther executes his plan and he unleashes a monster uh, engineered from from his DNA and Zod's DNA. Mm hmm. Uh, Wonder Woman shows up and joins forces with Batman and Superman against the creature. Mm. And Superman realizes that it has a vulnerability to kryptonite. And he ends up impaling the creature with the kryptonite spear. But the creature also kills Superman, who was weakened by kryptonite exposure. So that prologue wasn't a prologue. It was was the previous movie. It was actually the end of a previous film. Okay, And. That seems like a very, very stupid way to begin your next film, right? Yeah. Because it's kind of like, it's, it feels like they're doing like a, a previously on, you know, like that kind of thing. But it didn't actually give the details that any previously on would actually give. Yeah. So Lex Luthor in the water with the metal man. That might be, uh, yeah, that, that might be like at least tied to Batman versus Superman. Okay. Like, I don't know exactly what, but Superman's dying was definitely Batman versus Superman. Okay. But it's also the beginning of this film, kind of. Right. So, so the narrative of this film starts with Batman in Iceland, I think. Yes. Like, the first thing he's doing, he's going, there's a danger coming and I need a super team. Superman's dead. Yeah. So I assume that he thinks the danger is coming from his experiences fighting with and failing with Superman. Okay. Um, but beyond that, the two things I want to talk about are the tattoos and the folk song. I love them both. Great. Who gave Aquaman these tattoos? Yeah. That's my question on his torso. Yeah. Because no one else in Iceland has any tattoos. So, like, did he get them when he was underwater? Like, is it, like, and my big question then is, like, how does that work? What would a tattoo yeah. needle and ink look like underwater? And like, how, who who's giving the this man tattoos? Ben, these are great questions all, that. but that's all the time oh. we have for reviews today. <laughs> if you enjoy this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate, review, or otherwise support this project. If you're looking for a way to enhance this podcast experience, please feel free to watch along with us on your own. Just be sure to avoid spoilers by not skipping ahead. Please join us next time when we will be reviewing Minute 14 of 242 of Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League, or as we sometimes call it, the Mr. Snyder cut of Justice League. Goodbye.